Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you live from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's field trip time. I'm at the office of Novingers. I'm at their shop. And I'm not traveling alone for this field trip, joined as always by fellow co-host Chris Martin. Chris. Hey, John. It's good to see you outside of the office. It's really (laughs) nice to actually be here and feel the sun on our face and get out and walk around and see a really, really cool prefab center. So, hi everyone, this is Chris Martin. I'm with Atlas Marketing and we tell stories for companies that build things and we are talking about prefab today, prefabrication and the like and... Yeah. Should we dive into it, John? We should dive right in. Like I mentioned, we're at Novingers right in Harrisburg, PA. They have a big shop here and they have, I think, three or four different panel projects going on right now. But Chris and I are not the experts. So we are- By far, we are not the experts. Let's be really clear. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. But we are thrilled to welcome Dan Myers, project manager from Alexander Building Construction Company. Yeah. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it, guys. Glad to have you here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome. We need to surround ourselves by experts so we sound good. Yeah, so all you guys are <laughs> setting me up pretty good here. <laughs> it's all softballs on the yeah, Building right. PA podcast. That's it. I can yeah. tell you, Novagers, these guys are, are some, some really good resources that we pulled from many, many times. So I definitely would put them in that category. Good. Um, yeah. Awesome. They got Steve Powers here that just just left the room. He's he's one of the guys I call whenever I'm in a pinch and you know can't seem to figure things out in details or I come from an engineering background, but I'll still get confused. Yeah. You know, these guys do it every single day. So at right the right place is what you're telling us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dan, I like what you really said there too, because that's what the whole industry is about. Relationships, helping each other out and I think that's really why you're here too, right? To talk about prefab and yeah. the relationship between Alexander and Novinger and right. so Dive in. Tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on or how this relationship between Alexander and Novinger works. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd say, honestly, before we even talk about prefab, one of the big terms you're going to hear a lot, if you haven't already, is design assist. Mm -hmm. We love getting guys early on in the job involved, guys from the trades. What it really does is, I know when I was on the design side, one of the most difficult things you had to prepare for how many scenarios, and then still somehow it goes another direction. You know, to be able to work as a designer, direct with the trades, with somebody who's knowledgeable, somebody who has the exact assembly in their mind already, it just cuts out so much waste. And, and not to mention, it builds a great relationship. So yeah. the reason why we love Design Assist and why it ends up working towards prefab is you got to get these designers thinking really, really early on, maybe before a budget, budget's established or a schedule's set. Right. Guys, guys that we worked with, the knowledgers are fantastic about it. You get involved early, put some options on the table. My first experience with them, with uh, escalating costs, some of the stuff that happened during COVID, one of the real hurdles even before COVID we hit was ACM. There's the rising cost of ACM. So they gave us some really good solutions right out of the gate to work with like a folded metal panel rain screen system that had a look just like ACM for about half the price. It wow. would be prefabbed and we could essentially just put it right onto the structure. It's really impressive when you see it all come together. Yeah, nice. That is a different way to think. It, so, is. it definitely <laughs> takes somebody that has some skill set there. <laughs> it I, is. Yeah, it's definitely. all about teamwork and yeah. pre-con collaboration. So yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask about is when it comes to something like a exterior pan- panel system, 
Like who's bringing that to the project during pre-con? Is it the owner, or architect, designer, yeah, GCM? I mean, or that's honestly that's probably one of the biggest challenges is how blank you know that the canvas is. Yeah. Typically, you got an early conceptual kind of budget. You know what time frame? You roughly know what the building's going to want to look like. Maybe they pick some materials, but you know, let's say they, it looks like brick. Yeah. Seeing the brick skin doesn't mean you can't start to look at other ways to do it. Right. If you're seeing metal panel, like I said, it doesn't have to go. To ACM. There's a couple different options there. So in that pre-con, you're kind of playing off cost, schedule, and resources. So resource, I mean, you're always missing resources unless you have somebody in the room yeah. that can give you that live info. So that's why I always harp on the, like I talked about earlier, the design assist yep. strategy. But yeah, I mean, that's, so really it should, in our perfect world, it's a team approach. But often it's very dictated by designers and budget and schedule, yep. right? But once you start showing options and the catalog gets bigger, you know, I think it creates a pretty awesome project everybody's pretty excited about. So I know we're in the field, but we're just as excited as designers sometimes when we see that, that nice look that you give the owner and the, you know, the ultimate occupants. Yeah. So, Dan, you mentioned cost, schedule, and resources. I'm curious, when it comes to prefabrication and even going all the way back to, you mentioned before we started recording the COVID and some of the issues that you had there, can you talk a little bit about the impact that resources have pros and cons in, in the prefab side of the business? Oh, man, huge, huge. I can say that's one of the things that, you know, prefab, it, sound, it sounds like an awesome idea for sometimes reasons that aren't the real gain of the, of the process. Yeah. We always talk about Alexander about schedule certainty, right? Like trying, it's not necessarily that you're, you're saving time or saving money always, but what you're doing is getting the work out of the field. So you're in a shop-controlled environment, right? Yeah. The problem with that is you're going to have to make those early decisions. You're going to probably have to get materials a little bit earlier. So that can work for or against you. So in a sense, you're thinking about things earlier, so that's going to give you some more control down, down the road. The problem with that is you may have a little bit less time to procure it and evaluate different options, yeah. right? So where COVID really came in was, you know, it was throwing us one way versus another. One minute <laughs> ductile pipe next to yeah. your PVC. Yeah. And, and everybody would go this way. And then all of a sudden, this, this isn't in short supply anymore. So having guys that were really on the ground level so that you didn't make those knee-jerk decisions, that's huge. That was huge. So just getting on the phone and having those relationships like allowed us to control right. things a lot better. Right. And it really did sway one way or another. I mean, you're seeing actually some of it out there in the shop. Yep. Yeah. Original insulation all of a sudden isn't available. Now everybody's run into some something that resembles like a styrofoam kind of product, right. but that doesn't work for fire coats. So now we, get, we just got to keep yeah. bing, bing, bing. So just go with the flow. Professionals are huge <laughs> when it yeah, comes yeah. to this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's also the safety aspect. You're in a controlled environment and it's much safer in the controlled environment. I'm sure Darren and your safety team appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the biggest things is if you get these guys on early enough and you get that safety plan going, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the more you're going to end up implementing it in a good way in the way it was intended. Yeah. Yep. Well, Dan, you mentioned a couple of times getting on it sooner or getting on it early. Can you expand on that a little bit more and, and tell our listeners, like, what does that mean to you, getting on it earlier? Yeah, honestly, I'm probably going to go back a little bit into the resources. You know, so I'd like to say one of my strengths is being on a couple different, having been on a couple sides in my career. And what I can say is the design resources are often really scarce. They get more spread out, or spread out more virtual. So with that disconnection, it's going to leave a lot of open area with the details. So because you don't have finalized product, you know, necessarily where right. you would have thought that you were going to have it, bid time, permit time, all that kind of stuff, you got to get creative. So the thing is, yes, it's not that we're demanding the final product earlier. 
we're saying, hey, can we get the guy in there to cut the fluff out? There you go. Can we get right to where we're trying to be? Can we force some early decisions? So it's not necessary. We're not spinning as much on the things that aren't directly related to getting towards a successful product. So it's, it's more efficiency that you gain by getting guys in there earlier, not necessarily forcing the designers to work faster, right. which I know is what I thought many to all CM here he comes. Yeah, they're really showing to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what it was. All of a sudden he like took my workload down to 20% of what it was. Yeah. And that was, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. You know, when I had that experience on the other side. So that, that's an interesting perspective. It is. Because the, typically when I hear prefab and, you know, I, I'm the marketing guy. Yeah. So like I, I'm not out in, the, out in the field or anything, but you hear that prefab, I always think, oh my God, this is going to make things so much quicker and easier and, and, and condense time. It's going to make it easy. But the reality of it is, is it comes down to when do you start? How do you make those decisions? And what are the resources available? I mean, that's, that's what I'm taking away from what you said. So that's, that's huge. That helps, that helps a lot. Yeah. We talk about, you know, lots of lean tools that you'll hear in terminology, but we'll talk about like the last responsible moment to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And one of the things prefab does is actually limit that a little bit. You do have to make that a little bit earlier, but also when you're talking about responsibility, you can take certain things and put your attention on those. When you're talking about a building envelope, huge, you know, but there's also other, we talked about prefab bathroom mm-hmm. plots. Uh, same thing. So really what it does, is it forces you to plan. The act of pulling everything earlier really gets you to think about a lot of this stuff as opposed to like a lot of times you get kind of pigeonholed and into just like we talked about the schedule or the budget right but not necessarily thinking about how everything comes together at the end yeah so it kind of just brings that up with the rest of it yeah and then you got a nice healthy mix as you start your project so it forces you to plan more early yeah and creates more certainty so yeah. I think it's a win-win-win. Yeah, I mean, definitely some, it's like smaller frustration in the beginning, but saving you massive amounts of frustration down the line. Down at the end. So, so Dan, let me ask you this, and and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. So I'm going to ask, why aren't more GCs, why aren't more owners, why aren't more people doing this? Yeah, I'm not going to necessarily put that in a negative light. I mean, I think there can be... There's a lot of positive from the fact that we don't just knee-jerk change how we do things in construction. It's worked for a long time, Yeah, a lot of the ways that we've done things. And don't I wouldn't necessarily it. want to pull that. Yeah, it's too much at stake. Yeah, right. safety. You're building buildings. Yeah. And I, I get the hesitance. But also, I think it's just, if you do, so Dan Flickin, your boss I've worked for for a long time, he, he used to talk about the second wave, right? And that's how I always looked at prefab. You know, you're in it. Everything seems to be on fire sometimes on a job, right? How could I possibly (laughs) look at the next wave that's about to come rocking me in it? But the thing is that that's prefab. That's you taking a tiny bit of attention to make sure that the next wave is. And eventually you get caught up. You know, the waves get less and less. It's kind of that approach, really. And it's hard to do, you know, when when your plate's already completely full to think about a little bit more. But, you know, that's that's that extra inch that what baseball players would talk about, game of inches and stuff like that. I mean, that's... It will create, we've had it in our experience, you know, that, that's, how you, that's how you get a great product through to, your, through to your owner. So in the world of lane, you hear continuous improvement mm-hmm. all the time. And how is prefab continuously improving? How are they getting better? In your, in your perspective. I tell you what, I see a lot of potential that, you know, maybe we're not always going to call it prefab. Maybe everything's just prefab. You would say that I always make the joke like steel, structural steel on a project, you know, 100% prefab. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But all we're really doing is... You're not wrong. I mean, it's a culture that we have. So, you know, the big question is always, why can't we prefab? And Mm -hmm. really, 
Sometimes that extends to things that aren't that exciting. You know, pre-timed rebar cages for foundations, and yeah. pre-building roof blocking and segments that can go up. The thing is, that's a guy that doesn't have to hang off the side of the roof. Yeah. That's a guy that doesn't have to go up there and then lay. It's all been done. But then you look at some of the upcoming technology. When you're talking about point cloud mapping and 3D printing, I mean, yeah. like the on-demand construction techniques, I think are going to go hand in hand with prefab. And maybe, you know, you know, in the future, you're not always like, okay, we've got to stop three months, go to a shop, whatever. But this just might be pre-planning that utilizes the technology that's out there. Maybe risky when you're coming on. If you have the culture built like Alexander, this is yeah. something where we're constantly pushing that. But I can, I can understand the hesitance. You know, it's, yeah. it's a kind of a brave new world with yeah. some of the technology that's coming yeah. out. And what you said there with, you know, tying in new technologies into prefabrication and those type of things, it, it, you're right. It does make sense. Like from, from a project standpoint and management and reducing risk and safety, all those things. It, yeah, that was well said. It was. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, good questions, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, prefab, it, it, I don't want to say that it, in every single case that it's the perfect fit. Yeah. But I think just the idea of always looking for things where it will work mm-hmm. is going to give you a safer, higher quality product yeah. in our experience. You know, more controlled environment, yeah. especially if you have a labor shortage. You, know, you talked about COVID. Yeah. This yeah. is something that really helps you in terms of labor. You can have less guys in the field, more guys in a controlled environment. So, yeah, we pushed as much prefab as we possibly could on that job. And, you know, the following one with the Lancaster Medical Center, same thing there. So it definitely, definitely helped with the labor. Well, as part of our field trip, we spent a good hour plus in the shop taking videos and pictures. And it'll be on the website. It'll be on the website and on the emails. We'll blast it out. And it's just really impressive what's going on here. Anything from Arizona DOT projects to State College to... City of Philadelphia high rises. It's crazy what's going on yeah. here in good old Harrisburg. Who, who knew that DOT walls for Arizona highways were being made here in Harrisburg, yeah. which is really cool. Really yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what I was out there doing before I walked in with you guys. I mean, it's it's funny how it presents itself. You're absolutely right. We always talk about failing infrastructure, yeah. uh, but getting more capacity, more existing capacity by lightening the load, like. Yeah, makes Honestly, sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah, as we were walking around, I think it was Steve or Tracy was yeah. saying, hey, you know, look, th- th- there's a reason for this, which is it's, it's lighter over a bridge, which means it helps the load, like you just said. And yeah, little things like that that you don't even think of no. yeah. as you're driving over a bridge or, you know, driving down the highway. So, well, that's one of the amazing reasons we end up working with Novagers a lot. They have that same mindset that we do. You know, yeah. they're constantly looking for ways to improve this process. And it all falls in line. You know, as you're eliminating waste, you're creating a better culture on the site, too. So I don't just want to talk about safety and gains and schedule, but just in reality, you're getting the minds in a room. You're connecting designers to, to tradesmen. And it just, just, honestly, it makes you like coming to work a lot more. I found a lot of joy in how this process nice. process works. Just because you're not, you're not isolated in your little wing. You still have your specialties and your skills, but you're constantly connected. And, and you know, you feel like you have a voice at the table. So. Yeah. John, if that is not a testimony for prefabrication right there, <laughs> yeah, you actually kind of, yeah. folks, he likes coming to work, man. That's awesome. Collaboration, yeah. teamwork, you hear yeah. it whenever he talks. Yeah. So. We, I think we've just solved, we've solved the industry's problems today. Like, thanks, Dan. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> this has been an awesome interview. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Dan, for taking time. And good to talk. Let's do it again. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook 
and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.